Thank you for joining us here on Eurofolkradio.com. Our host is Pastor Visser from CovenantPeople'sMinistry.org. We hope that you are inspired to grow in faith and wisdom by studying the scriptures each week with us. It is written, Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, and gather the children. So let us gather together for this Bible study hour with our host, Pastor Visser, on the Eurofolk Radio Network. Good afternoon to all my friends. It is now 12.02, my friends, on the East Coast of the United States. And I would like to thank you for joining me here live on the Eurofolk Radio Network. My name is Pastor Visser, and today happens to be New Year's Eve, being that it is December 31st, 2016. And that makes this the final sermon from this particular pulpit for the year. And indeed, many of us are looking forward to a much more prosperous and much more faith-based 2017. And so, it is 5 p.m. now in London, England, and that means many of our brothers and sisters overseas are getting ready to watch the fireworks and to usher in a brand new year. And two weeks ago, right here on this very venue, I looked into Hebrews chapter 11. And that's where we're going to be looking and exploring today. So if you have your Bible, please turn to the general epistle to the Hebrews. And if you were with me, you know that we ended off after looking at so many perfect examples of faith. In that first part, two weeks ago, we looked at Abel. We looked at Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and ended looking at Sarah and her Syriac covenant that was made with her. And I mentioned in that particular broadcast, Examples of Faith Part 1, that this would be a two-part series. And in that one, we defined what faith was. So before we pick it back up, looking at Abraham who is the only example of faith in Hebrews 11 that appears two times, I'd like to once again redefine what faith is. Faith, the at least the definition of what faith is, is found at the very beginning of chapter 11. And the structure of chapter 11 was most likely written by Luke because it's technically a Bible story. All of the examples that are given, at least 90% of them that we've covered, are directly from the book of Genesis. For example, we looked at Abel from Genesis 4. Enoch, he's Genesis 5. Noah, Genesis chapter 6, and so on. And what we're going to look at today with the remaining examples of great faith will mostly all be found within the book of Genesis, with two exceptions. But Hebrews chapter 11 begins by defining what faith is. And not only does it define what faith is, the entire chapter gives great biblical examples of faith. And so today, we're going to look at the remaining examples, and we're going to turn to the Old Testament and look at what 
it was that they did. How faith moved these men and women to action. But before we do that, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, in the King James Version of the Bible reads as such. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. By faith the elders obtained a good report. And that is why Paul, most likely through his scribe Luke, wants you to look back into the Pentateuch and see what these men and women did. Now the amplified version of the King James Version reads that same verse as this. Faith is the substance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things that we all hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith, perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. For by faith and trust and holy fervor, born of faith, the men of old had divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report. Now the Amplified King James brings forth many of the terms here that many people have problems with. Faith is the assurance, the confirmation of the things that we hope for, the proof of things we do not see. And through that faith, we obtain what? Well, at least the elders obtained a good report. How about the RSV? It says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the men of old received divine approval. Divine approval. So, For the upcoming year of 2017, if we are looking for divine approval from our Heavenly Father Yahweh, then it is obvious that we need, as a Christian body, to increase faith. In fact, we should have an ever-increasing faith within Yahshua, our Messiah. And that is the reason why I'm bringing you this study today. Defining and looking at great examples of faith. Because we need to have faith. Many of us are lured into the deception of thinking, well, Donald Trump, he's the Savior. He's going to change things. Indeed, he will. But the jury is yet out on that. But if it goes bad or it goes good and we have a time of reprieve from our enemies, the only way we will do that is through faith. How can I say that? Well, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, we are saved by grace through faith. That it is not of ourselves, it is a gift of the Holy Spirit. So if we are seeking salvation from a wicked world, well, it's obvious that our faith obtains grace, which is a gift of Yahweh God. And so, to begin looking, we should pick it back up where we left off two weeks ago. On December 17th of this year. We left off in Hebrews chapter 11, but verse 17 where we look at the great example of Father Abraham. And what's interesting about Father Abraham is the way of the Judeo-Christian is to come in and say, you know what, well, Yeshua came and he did away with the Old Testament. He did away with the Old Covenant. But yet when Yeshua said, I am sent only for the lost sheep of the house, meaning race of Israel, he was referencing the Abrahamic Covenant. So, common sense dictates that the Abrahamic covenant was not disannulled. The covenant made with Isaac, with Jacob, and so on. None of these covenants are disannulled. 
In short, what I want you to understand is Christ did not do away with any covenant, but rather completed or fulfilled those covenants with his statement. For example, I am sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, if you turn with me today to the book of Genesis, we're going to look at what Abraham actually did. But before we get to that, we need to pick it back up in Hebrews chapter 11, where we left off in verse 17. And we learn, By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. In Isaac the seed will be called. Indeed, that's true. But the covenant was made with Abraham, was it not? And ultimately fulfilled through his grandson. And so that is why we learn right here, it took faith on the part of Abraham in a state of being tried and or tempted by the entire world to obey Yahweh's charge, to offer up Isaac. Why? Because that was his only begotten son. In the Abrahamic covenant and in the deeds and the acts of faith that we see in Isaac and Jacob, we see a foreshadowing of the coming Redeemer. Because after all, it was Yahweh God who sent His only begotten Son to save His beloved bride, Israel. But here we learn what? By faith. It took faith on the part of Abraham. And not only that, that he had received the promises. Based solely on the Word of God, Abraham was able to obey. Are we able to do that because we are still required to do as such? Yeshua Messiah said, I have foretold you all things. And that's not in the still of the night. That's not when you wake up in the morning and believe you're having breakfast and bagels with the divine. But the fact of the matter is you are foretold all things within the Word of God. And Yahweh coming into Abraham and saying, get out of this nation, go away from your people, and dwell in a desert and in a wilderness, is no different than what we're commanded within the Word of God as well, because Yahweh God expects us to obey. But man and women cannot obey unless they have what? Faith. Why? Faith is defined in Hebrews 11. And faith is, again, the substance of things hoped for. See, Abraham was looking for a better way. But the rest of the world, for the most part, was not. And that is exactly how it is right now, New Year's Eve 2016. The rest of the world doesn't care about the covenant. They don't care about the promise, but Abraham did. And because Abraham was able to obey through faith and offer up Isaac, it was he of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. In a figure, my friend. Now do you understand at least the narrative as it appears within Genesis and why Yahweh God was not necessarily being sadistic in asking Abraham to offer up his only begotten son, Isaac. And of course, you know the rest of the story. Isaac begot Jacob and Jacob begot the 12 tribes. The 12 tribes that you and I are descendant of. And so, 
Abraham, when he was tried, and when he obeyed, was a great example of faith. So where can we learn about this? Turn with me over to Genesis chapter 22. And it is here where we can learn. And learn not only about faith, but learn how to increase our faith. Genesis chapter 22, beginning in verse 1, we learn. And it came to pass after those things that God did tempt Abram. Stopping right there. Yahweh God tempted Abram. So, that is the whole point, is it not? Yahshua taught us to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, lead us not into temptation. It is Yahweh God who tempts and tries His people. And the answer for that is provided within the epistles. That is so that we will draw closer to Yahweh God and increase faith by overcoming the temptations of the world. And therefore, Abraham was over, was able to overcome that temptation through what? Through faith. Because it came to pass that God did tempt Abraham and said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass, and took his two young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went into the place which God had told him. Then, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place far off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and the lad will go yonder with me, and we will worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they went both of them together. So far, what have we learned? Faith through works, number one, that's confirmed by James, because Abraham took the wood and obeyed. We also learned faith in Isaac's resurrection, because Abraham wouldn't have even entertained this notion if he didn't believe in God. So he had faith that Yahweh God knew what was best for him. But how about Abraham's faith in a substitute? Continue reading here in Genesis chapter 22, but verse 7. And Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire in the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Timeless question, is it not? Where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And that's what it comes down to. In these examples of great faith, we see a precursor to Yahshua. We see a foreshadowing of Yahweh giving His only begotten Son. But what does Isaac ask? He says, well, where is the sacrifice? What is your sacrifice? And perhaps more importantly, for the year of 2017, what sacrifices are we willing to make for Yahweh God? Because Abraham is an example of faith because he was willing to obey even if it meant unto the death of his own son. And we live in an era now where they teach you, hey, it's okay to go fight in wars, right? To die for the Jew. But one thing they don't tell you is that no greater love hath any man than to lay down his life. And that's what Yahshua did. That's what Yahshua did. So the question was asked, where is it? And, of course, we know this account. 
Where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Yahshua was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Verse 8, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. Not the Israelites. Yahweh God will provide himself a lamb. Meaning Yahshua is who? (laughs) Well, we know this. It is Yahshua himself, Jesus Christ, who grants salvation unto anybody who does believe and is called according to their shepherd's voice. And so, Abraham appears two times in Hebrews chapter 11. One, when he was sent into the wilderness. And the second time, we just covered right now. When he was asked and or requested of Yahweh God to deliver up his only begotten son. Now, who is the next example listed here? Well, it'd be Sarah. Sarah, and what's interesting about Sarah is many people miss this fact. The covenant was made with Abraham, but the covenant didn't go exactly from Abraham unto Isaac and then Jacob. The covenant went to Abraham, Sarah, then Isaac, then Jacob. And every one of these covenants including the Davidic covenant, including covenants that were made with even the minor prophets, are still applicable today. The only thing that has changed is sin atonement. Sin atonement. Remember, Isaac asked his father, well, will Yahweh God provide the lamb? Indeed he will. And that's something that we need to have faith in. As this society drifts further and further away from Yahweh, We need to know that Yahweh God will provide all of our needs. Not what we want, but what we require. And that requires what? Faith. And so, here back in Hebrews 11, we learn about Isaac. Verse 20, it says, By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Well, that's an interesting statement, is it not? It requires faith to offer a blessing. But many people be saying, but I thought that was the Mosaic Law. Well, indeed it is. But it did require faith on the part of Isaac. Did it not? By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, both concerning things to come. Now, I've covered on this very venue, Jacob and Esau. And the fact of the matter is Yahweh God hates Esau, but loved Jacob. That the seed itself, through Abraham, that promise that was made was called through who? Well, Isaac's son. But it was Isaac who bestowed that blessing and that birthright unto Jacob and Esau. And Hebrews chapter 11 says that that is an example of faith. And so, in looking at Isaac... And him actually bestowing the blessings, we need to turn to Genesis chapter 27. In Genesis chapter 27, it is here that we learn about Isaac. Beginning in verse 26. His father, Isaac, said unto him, Come now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him and smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, See the smell of... My son is the smell of a field, which Yahweh God hath blessed. Therefore, God give thee of the dew of the heaven, and the fatness of the earth, and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee, and nations bow to thee. 
Be Lord over thy brethren, and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curses thee, and blessed be everyone that blesses thee. Now, this is something that the enemy takes and they pervert and they run with it and they say, well, anybody who curses the Jews will be cursed and anyone who blesses the Jews will be blessed. But that's not what's being said, is it? The prophecy, the very word spoken by Yahweh God is in that seed. Anyone that would curse that seed will be cursed in return and anyone who blesses that seed will find blessings aplenty. That is what Isaac charged his two children. In fact, it continues on. And as it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. And he had also made savory meat and brought it unto his father, and said unto his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac, his father, said unto him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn, Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it to me? And I have eaten of all before thou camest and hath blessed him. Yea, and he shall be blessed. Right there, my friend, is why he is an example of faith. Now, the blessing was given, was it not? And the Mosaic law usually dictated that the birthright went to the eldest son. But because Yahweh God had already foreordained and gave it, given a prophecy pertaining to two manner of men, two nations within the womb of Rebekah, then it comes down to what? Here, you see, Isaac said, I'm sorry, Esau, but the blessing was already given, meaning Isaac believed in the blessing. So even this Abrahamic covenant that we believe in and we fight for requires faith. Just like the epistles say, those that worship Yahweh God must believe that He is because He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. See, Abraham was seeking the will of Yahweh God by offering up Isaac. Isaac was seeking the will of God and standing true even though he desired the blessing to go to Esau It was his mother that knew better. It was his mother that knew better. So moving on, who is the next example of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 that we should look at that might benefit us in the upcoming year of 2017? Well, we've we've looked at Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham two times. We looked at Sarah, and now we've looked at Isaac. How about Jacob, the descendant of Isaac? Now, we already dealt with that partially in his father bestowing the birthright. And we know that it would have been Isaac who wanted to give the birthright unto Esau. But you see, Yahweh God hated Esau, but loved Jacob. And so what can we learn? That not only was Isaac a little bit off, but it was through the prodding. (laughs) We are the weapons and the battle axe of Yahweh God. It was through the works of his mother and Jacob that ultimately these prophecies were fulfilled. And so, by faith, it was Isaac who blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21, By faith, Jacob, when he was drying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. 
So Jacob is the next example. And Jacob, of course, is the father of the twelve tribes of Israel. It was Jacob who contended for the birthright and wrestled an angel until the dawning of a new day. That's how important the birthright was to Jacob. But in in contrast, how important was that birthright to Esau, Edom? Not very, if he was willing to trade it for a a mess of red lentils or beans. And so, it requires faith to contend for the birthright, right? It requires faith to believe in the covenant of Yahweh God. And let me interject what's interesting about the way of the unbelieving world is they usually come in and say, we can't believe that these men and women believe in these examples that are given in the Bible. But on the same time, they believe in their TV. (laughs) But here in Genesis, chapter 48, we're going to take a look at what it was that Jacob did. Right at the beginning, Genesis chapter 48, verse 1. This is Jacob's sickness. So, Hebrews 11, verse 21 says, By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. Right? Genesis chapter 48, verse 1 tells us, It came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh, and Ephraim. And behold, one told Jacob and said, Thy son Joseph cometh unto thee, and Israel strengtheneth himself. And he sat upon the bed. Who? Israel. Jacob, the man. This is when he's old, when he's dying. And it was Jacob who claimed Joseph's sons. These are the heirs of the covenant through adoption. And many people misunderstand that because of the way of the Jew. They come in and they say, well, Yahshua opened it up for the Gentiles. And in our common vernacular, we believe that Gentile somehow or another equates to non-Jew. But it was Jacob who claimed Joseph's sons. And who were the sons of Joseph? Manasseh, meaning forgetfulness, and Ephraim. Verse 3, here in Genesis chapter 48, continues. Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me in Lutz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people, and I will give this land, Canaan, to thy seed forever and ever for an everlasting possession. Now, my friends, everlasting means everlasting, does it not? It doesn't mean for a partial time period. Everlasting. The land of Canaan belongs to the Israelites and their descendants. But yet that same land, formerly known as Palestine, is why we are fighting many needless wars today. And many imposters come in, as Revelation 2.9 and 3.9 confirm, who claim to be Judeans, but are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. And they war over land. The land of Israel, whereas Jacob Israel is a person. And we just confirmed that, did we not? Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. That's Jacob. And Jacob did what? He took these children in. He said, I will make thee fruitful. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt before I came unto thee in Egypt, are mine. As Reuben Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. And thy issue, which thou begettest after them, shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. That was fulfillment of prophecy. And I want you to think on these things. 
because we're going to be back in about one minute, but I want you to hear this short message as I take a quick break. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship, be sure to write to us at CPM Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.org where you will find direct access to our extensive selection of audio sermons. You can also listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast on your mobile audio devices. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, please make your checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry or use the donate button on our website to use PayPal. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, so we hope that you will allow him to lead your life. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. And indeed, welcome back. I like to insert that in there because I get many emails from brothers and sisters wondering how they can support my particular outreach. And that's why we insert that in there. Indeed, for men and women who are wondering if they can support Covenant People's Ministry, we uh, accept checks, money orders, etc., PayPal, all of that. And we actually solicit your support because usually in the ministerial year, the months of September until February are the hardest on this ministry. And this year has been no exception. So we put that there for men and women who want to be able to contact this particular ministry. But we were examining the great example of faith that was in Joseph. And we were looking, or Jacob anyway, and Joseph's children, but Jacob bringing them in. And we were looking at Genesis chapter 48. And it is here where they are adopted and brought in, made heirs of the covenant. Now, all of these men and women Abel was called to bring a sacrifice. Enoch was called to walk with Yahweh God. Noah was called to come out from amongst the world, basically, and build an ark. Abraham was asked two times of Yahweh God to go into the wilderness and to offer up his only begotten son. Sarah was asked to obey her husband and did so, and that was attributed to her as faith. Isaac did what? He gave a blessing unto Jacob and Esau. That was an example of faith. Jacob opened up the covenant for what? The offsprings of the offspring of Joseph, bringing them into the twelve tribes. And so it is Joseph that we must look at next. Joseph also is the great example of faith, and he is mentioned here, back in Hebrews 11, but verse 22, picking it back up. By faith, Joseph, when he died made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Where is that found? Well, that, if you will, is in Genesis chapter 50. And we're going to read exactly what happened and what made Joseph such a great example of faith. It's the final chapter in the entire book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 50, we learn beginning in verse 22. Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house, 
And Joseph lived in 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. The children also of Mashur, the son of Manasseh, were brought up onto Joseph's knees. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land into the land which he swore unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Thus Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and he shall carry up my bones from thence. That required faith on the part of Joseph. And Joseph knew that his children, through adoption, were made partakers, and that they were in a good position. Now, many greater preachers than I, even here on Eurofolk Radio, have done the background into these two tribes. But in short, we could say Manasseh is technically us here in America. And we are so forgetful that the enemy merely needs to come in, make a new Star Wars movie, or have a new false flag or a smokescreen, and suddenly everybody's attention is diverted over to exactly where the enemy wants them to be. These are the very last days of Joseph. He dwelt in Egypt, and he was dying. So the prophecy he gives, or the oath as it's rendered here in Genesis 50, verse 25 is, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones from thence. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him. And he was put in a coffin in Egypt. And that, my friend, was the manner and the custom at the time in Egypt. But notice, Joseph is considered a great example of faith because it was Yahweh God who called Joseph in a time of famine to deliver the other remaining tribes. And the reward for that was what? (laughs) Also, I want you to notice that Joseph was a forgiving man. That while he ruled alongside Pharaoh in the land of Egypt, he was able to make sure that the remaining tribes of Israel had food and substance in a time of famine. Now, how could he have done that if he had more faith in the Egyptian government at the time as opposed to Yahweh God? So, Joseph is a great example of faith. A great example of faith. And we could do just like that. If Yahweh God calls us to feed our brethren... If Yahweh God calls us to deliver them and we're able to help, then we should. That is also how we show faith. So who is the next example given? That would be Moses. First Jacob, then Joseph, then who? Moses. Verse 23 here in Hebrews 11. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. Stopping right there. Notice Moses didn't have that faith. Moses' parents had faith, being Hebrews. Faith enough in Yahweh God that Yahweh God would protect the baby Moses as he was dropped in the river Nile, right? (laughs) But that's what ultimately protected baby Moses and Moses was able to grow up within Pharaoh's court just as Joseph did. And so the writer of Hebrews chapter 11 is giving you this Bible study on faith. Telling you that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Well, the parents of Moses were hoping that he would be spared. And they were killing our children in the times of Moses. 
The governments were killing our children at the time of the nativity of Yahshua through Herod. And you'd be a fool to think that they are not still killing our children through the abortion mills, through the pharmaceutical industry, and oftentimes through Jewish blood label. But they still do this, and it required faith on the parents, the Hebrew parents of Moses. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. A proper child. Now, for sake of argument and for further clarity on this word, as it's used right here, proper technically means handsome. If you look it up, it means he also was white, ruddy, Moses, with the ability to blush. And so when men come in and tell you that the uh, ancient pyramids were built by the Negroid races, and it's just coincidence that for seven, 8,000 years they haven't been able to do that in Africa or any continent they possess, tell them they're full of garbage. Right here is your proof text. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. Because they saw he was proper... Because they saw he was white, my friend. And because the rest were not proper, not accepted, well, they started killing proper, white, handsome children. But verse 23 says more than that. Not only was he hid three months of his parents because they saw he was proper, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. This means they must have had some revelation from God to which with to base their faith, you see. Because faith comes by God's Word. That's only Romans chapter 10, verse 17. But Moses did so much. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh. Now, here is a Hebrew that was brought up in the highest position in the land of Egypt. And he saw the suffering of his fellow Hebrews Point one is this. Pharaoh couldn't have been non-white if Moses was uh, handsome and white ruddy with the ability to blush because then Moses would have known that him and Pharaoh were not brothers. And of course, this is proven by antiquity and hieroglyphics upon many of these uh, pyramids and King Tut's tombs, etc. But what we're looking at is faith. And it took faith on the part of Moses. And when he grew older, see, he was spared as a child, but when he grew older, he realized that his fellow Hebrews, by race, were enslaved to Pharaoh. Now, for all intents and purposes, he could have said, I'm not going to rock the boat. I have a real comfortable life right here. I have much money, as many wives as I desire, much power. But what did it require on the part of of, uh, Moses? Faith. By faith, when he was come to years, when he was a grown man, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the approach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, esteeming the reproaches of Christ, Paul says here in Hebrews 11. How could it be that Moses, all the way in the land of Egypt, a descendant, or at least a racial uh, grandparent of Yahshua, would rather be persecuted, receive the stripes, and pushed out by the government of his time, and it is equated to what? 
It is equated to esteeming the reproach of Christ. Christ, not Yahweh God, Yahshua, Jesus Christ. In Exodus, in Genesis. And so understand that point. Moses also, like Jonah, and almost every other biblical patriarch, was a foreshadowing of Yahshua, a deliverer sent to free the children of Israel who were in captivity to their Pharaoh. And so it stands now at the threshold of a brand new year, at the conclusion of 2016-2017, perhaps many of our people should awaken to the fact that we are enslaved. Whether we are wage slaves or the television has our mind, they want you to be profitable, the enemy. And if you're not in their lie, they want you dead. So my friends, allow faith to lead you to support venues such as Covenant People's Church, Eurofolk Radio, and many others that dare speak the truth. It took faith for Moses to speak out against Pharaoh, and that would have been seen as his sibling. That would have been seen as his sibling. But Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ greater than riches of the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, and fearing the wrath of the king, he endured, as seeing him who is invisible. And do you see it, my friends? Verse 27, Hebrews 11. It took faith on the part of Moses to not fear the wrath of the king. That obviously means that many people do not speak out. They do not do what is right, even when people are being oppressed or in a state of slavery, having to build the pyramids, because of the fear or the wrath of the king. We saw that example in Daniel. We saw it in the Gospels, where many of the latter apostles would not go into certain lands because of the fear of the Jews. So in 2017, let's resolve to not have a fear of the Jews. Fear Yahweh God. That is the whole duty of man, because we serve whom we fear. And the Jew knows that they can keep you in a state of fear. They can keep you profitable. It doesn't matter what angle they come at you with. But whether it's sickness, they have their pharmacia. Whether it's incarceration, they burn their candle at both ends. And so it required faith on the part of Moses. And it required faith on the part of Moses' parents. It took faith for Moses to refuse to be called Pharaoh's daughter. Or the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And it took faith for Moses to forsake Egypt. So, will we be able to forsake America if it continues to go into a sinful path and spiral into Babylon? Will we be like the example of Moses who was, what, a foreshadowing of Yahshua? Well, what did Moses do? Moses delivered the children of Israel. He was called for that. He grew up in Pharaoh's court. And ultimately, you know this narrative, Charlton Heston, (laughs) right? Ten Commandments. He goes in to Pharaoh. He says, let my people go. Pharaoh resists. And the Bible actually says that Pharaoh hardened his own heart the first or three times. But then ultimately, Yahweh God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And I want to interject that every single plague that Yahweh God sent upon the children of Egypt, going all the way up to the death of the firstborn, was an an attack on the gods of Egypt. 
whether it was anthrax and the cattle, that's, you know, anubis, but every one of their gods, pestilence, smoke, all the way up to the firstborn, because pharaohs believed they were living gods on earth. Yahweh God holds true to his commandment. The first being, have no other gods before me. The second being, do not bow down to graven images. And from Genesis to Revelation, every child of promise, including Yahshua, that refused to bow to the religious or political order of their time was ultimately persecuted, cast out, in many instances put to death. But it was all faith that led them to do what it was that they did. And so, the next example of great faith here in Hebrews 11 are the Israelites. And we read about them, picking it back up in verse 28 of Hebrews chapter 11. Through faith, he, who, Moses, kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they, who's the they? The Israelites that Moses delivered from Egypt. By faith, the Israelites passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, when the Egyptians sang to do were drowned. It took faith on the part of the Israelites as well. Just as it took faith on the part of Moses to say, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice my comfortable position here. And I'm going to suffer the reproach of Yahshua, Jesus Christ. So it also required faith on the part of the Israelites. Because there were many Israelites in that land who would have rather remained slaves. That's bore out by the text. Many of them grumbled and complained and kvetched to Moses saying, you got us lost in this wilderness. We had it good over there in Egypt. And even though Pharaoh would refuse us straw to make bricks, well, at least we're not going to die, right? And there were so many Israelites complaining that there was something considered the gainsaying of Korah. Where Yahweh God had to open the ground and swallow those faithless Israelites. Faithless. Moses had faith. And the Israelites that obtained entrance after the 40 years of wandering, after the gainsaying of Kor, remained faithful throughout that generation and passed it on to their children. That's how important faith is. It took faith on the part of the Israelites to pass through the Red Sea. Do we have that type of faith? Well, this is one of the few examples that's not found in the book of Genesis. It's found in the Pentateuch, but it's actually found in the book of Exodus, chapter 14. In Exodus, chapter 14, we learn, beginning in verse 22, the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and onto their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after the midst of the sea all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass in the morning, watch Yahweh looked at the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drove drove them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for Yahweh fighteth for them against the Egyptians. Now, the Israelites didn't necessarily see that. It was in retrospect. It was behind them. But their faith ultimately led them to what? A gift of Yahweh God, just like grace. 
And on the other side of the Red Sea, these Israelites that were faithful, that didn't complain and say, I would rather be a slave under Pharaoh, were rewarded grace in a land flowing with milk and honey. And it required faith then like now. Yahweh God says, come out from among them and touch not the unclean thing and I'll be a father. Are we willing to do that? Because it's already commanded and it requires faith. It requires faith. Faith is that important that this year alone I've covered faith five different times. Because I really want to instill. It is our faith that is the victory, right? Yeah, indeed it is. That's First John chapter 5, verse 4. It is our faith that overcomes the world. If we are born of Yahweh God, then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says we walk by faith. All those Israelites that walked through the Red Sea into the land of Canaan walked by faith. Romans chapter 8, verse 24 says we are saved by faith. And Hebrews 11, verse 1 provides the key. But Hebrews 11, verse 6 Gives you the linchpin. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. That is why God destroyed the unfaithful Israelites. Because they could not please Him. So the most surefire way of knowing that we are pleasing Yahweh God is to be faithful unto a point of obedience. Every one of the examples that we have covered thus far in this two-part series not only had faith. They didn't just sit back and say, Oh, I believe Yahweh God. But just like James says, faith without works is dead. They had faith that led them to works. Every one of these examples is works. The Israelites, right? The Israelites had to obey. They had to do just like everyone else, like Noah, like Abraham, and sacrifice everything that they held as a comfort zone for them. Right? Joseph, Jacob, Isaac, every one of these examples are examples of faith and works. And works. So our works need to be led through faith. It is our faith that should lead us to good works. And in the upcoming year, my friends, please, if you're able to clothe the naked, do so. If you're able to feed the hungry, then do so. Because we have what the rest of the unbelieving world does not. We have the light of Yahshua. We are the children of light. We walk within that light. And that also is how we know faith and we know one another. Moses and Israel protected faith. But perhaps that's a study for another day. Joshua, verse 30, here in Hebrews 11. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. That's all. So understand this point. One with Yahweh God is the majority. And the way of the Jew is to come in and shame you and say, oh, CI, dual seed line. They're a small, wily, underrepresented group of people. <laughs> but one where Yahweh's the majority, my friend, understand that it only takes one man, and it truly does. And that shows you how cuckold and infeminized and beta the rest of our men are. When it takes one man to bring revolution, when it takes one man to stand with faith, through faith, for what is right. And there are men and women on Eurofolk Radio, right here on this radio network, that do just that. They jeopardize their own freedom and oftentimes their own families, just as Moses, just as Enoch, and just as Rahab. So we need to be these examples. The unbelieving world will come in and say they're not really great examples at all, right? Especially our final one of this afternoon being Rahab. 
But Rahab was a great example of faith. And we covered her on this very pulpit on Eurofolk Radio. In fact, in my sermon, Bad Girls of the Bible, we looked at Rahab. And unfortunately, the harlot is a bad translation because it really means Rahab the innkeeper. And Rahab has to be differentiated out because in the Bible, the children of Israel are under a patriarchy. Therefore, the women are rarely mentioned. But Rahab is, in Hebrews 11. Sarah is. Why? Both obeyed. In the case of Sarah, Genesis chapter 17, verse 19, says she obeyed her husband. And that was attributed to her as a great act of faith. But Rahab, what did she do? She resisted the government of her time. And she hid the spies of her time. So do you understand that there is psychological and spiritual warfare that goes with faith? With our walk. While the Mossad says, by deception we will wage deceit, through truth we will wage war against them. And so, what does Hebrews have to say about Rahab? Verse 31 provides that key. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. That required faith on the part of Rahab. And that obviously proves that Yahweh God spoke to Sarah, which we know, but also spoke to Rahab. So beware of the misogynistic, chauvinistic prick who's going to come in and tell you Yahweh God doesn't talk to women because women don't have souls. I've proven women have souls. I've proven covenants have been made with women. And I've proven that women are integral to Yahweh God's prophecy being fulfilled. Rebecca being one such example. Miriam being another. So don't allow men to rob you of that. So turn with me to the final example for this afternoon, and the final example of the year, to the book of Joshua. And we're going to read about Rahab, the quote-unquote harlot. In chapter 2, we learn, beginning in verse 8. And before they were laid down, she came up to them on the roof. Who? The spies. Remember, spies were sent in. Verse 9, And she said to the men, Know that Yahweh hath given you the land. And your terror is fallen upon us, that all the inhabitants of the land shall faint before you. For we have heard how Yahweh God dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, when you and what you did under the kings of the Amorites on the other side of Jordan, Zidon and Og, whom ye have utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there any remain any more courage in man because of you. For Yahweh your God, he is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. So we don't really have time as it is getting away from me today. I did want to thank you. But know that in the eyes of the world, Rahab would have been a criminal too. So was Moses. Pharaoh wanted to kill Moses. And Pharaoh wanted to kill every Israelite that went out during the Exodus. Joseph would have been a criminal. Jacob was most assuredly considered a criminal. But as we go through the list, notice how everything is completely different down here. The Judeo-Christians espouse that if you open your heart to Jesus, everything's going to be a bed of roses. Rahab obeyed. She obeyed because it is important. Obedience leads us to faith. And so, if we pick it back up, we're going to end on the same exact note that Paul does through his scribe Luke. 
Because after he gives this example of Rahab, he goes on and says, time will not allow. He says, what shall I more say? For time would fall me or fail me to talk of Gideon, Barak, Samson, David, Samuel, all through faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please Yahweh God. All these examples had faith. And so, 2017 for Covenant People's Church will see a brand new series launching tomorrow. It is the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. We're going to begin January 1st, tomorrow being Sunday. So please tune in for that. If this ministry has helped you, please consider a donation through PayPal. The address will be given momentarily. And a quick shout out to the supporters this year that have made my preaching possible because I probably won't mention them again for some time. But special thanks goes out to my friends Steve, Farron, Troy, Rosalind, Nancy, James, Eric, Sabina, Kurt, Benjamin, Troy, and Mikey L., These men and women make my preaching possible. And so, I would ask that you pray for them as well. And that faith will lead you to actually support Eurofolk Radio and men and women who tell you the truth. Men and women who are like these great examples of faith that we have covered today. Men and women who aren't afraid to leave their comfort zone, to pull their head up out of the sand. And men and women who most assuredly We're not lemmings. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. This verse, Hebrews 11, verse 1, is this. Patis, meaning faith in the Greek. That's the only thing it means. Patis, or pastis, faith is the substance, the hupostatis, the support, the foundation of things hoped for, and the elkios, or the evidence, meaning proof of things not seen. In short, faith is this. We believe in things that the rest of the world may not necessarily see, but the things that are created by Yahweh God are clearly seen of the things of creation. And so until next year, my friends, this is Pastor Visser of the Covenant People's Outreach Church and Ministry, located in beautiful downtown Brooks on the final day of the year, 1231-2016. Praying that you have a prosperous new year and wishing that you will stay with me as we continue into 2017. So, until next time, War for Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this Bible study lesson with Pastor Visser of the Covenant People's Ministry. These teachings are recorded for you live by the Eurofolk Radio Broadcasting Network and can also be found in the archives of our church's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.org. If you have any questions or comments regarding these messages, please write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205, USA. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Covenant Gathering. May God bless you and keep you and be with you always.